I'm fighting against every bit of muscle memory I have not to say Shabbat Shalom right now. <laughs> L'shana Tovah. L'shana Tovah. All right. So this evening marks the beginning of our new year. And as we enter into the High Holy Days, it's important for us to keep in mind the themes of these holidays. Can I get my PowerPoint up there? So to help me do that, I brought a friend along with me tonight. So everyone... Meet Raymond the Raven. It's okay, he's fake. I wouldn't bring a real raven in here. I don't think people would be too happy if I did. See, ravens have a bad reputation. You know, they're bad luck. They symbolize death. They're big, ugly, gross, black birds that eat dead things and they smell and they make a weird noise. And Edgar Allan Poe wrote a scary poem about them. And, you know, nobody likes ravens. Sorry, Raymond, it's true. So... So what then could ravens possibly have to do with Rosh Hashanah? Well, the new year is all about transformation and renewal and about asking God to change us into something better than we are right now. Now, this may surprise you, but Raymond here has already gone through this amazing transformation. And tonight, he's going to help me tell you his story and how you too can be transformed this year. So, poor Raymond here doesn't just have a bad reputation in Western culture. He's also very unpopular in rabbinic Judaism. But whereas Westerners associate ravens with death, Jews associate them with selfishness. Now, how did this happen? Well, Mr. Raven here, his story begins on Noah's Ark. You will recall after the Great Flood, Noah sent out two birds to see if the waters had receded enough for land to reappear. Now, almost everyone remembers the image of the dove returning with an olive branch in its beak. But more often, people forget about poor Mr. Raven here, who completely failed in his mission. He just wound up flying back and forth until he got tired and useless. So the rabbis looked at this story, and they wondered why Noah sent out two birds instead of just the dove. The Bible states that the dove was sent to find land, but it doesn't tell us why he sent out the raven. So Midrash tells us that Noah sent out the raven because he was such a bad influence that he didn't want him on the boat anymore. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The raven was the only animal on the boat that disobeyed God's command that the animals not mate with each other while on the ark. While the whole world was dying and everyone on the ark was in mourning, Raymond here just did whatever he pleased without thought of what God wanted or anybody else's feelings. So when Noah found out, he kicked Mr. Raven off the boat and made him fly back and forth, only stopping to rest on the boat when he got too tired to fly anymore until land reappeared. Well, I hope you learned your lesson. Only he didn't. That's the thing. You think he would have learned his lesson. But after that, it turns out his selfishness only got worse. The scriptures mention Mr. Raven a whole bunch more times. And the story that it tells is not a good one. We read in the book of Job, who prepares for the raven its nourishment when its young cry to God and wander about without food? And in the Psalms we read, he gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. Now Rashi in his commentaries concluded from these verses and from what we already knew about them, that ravens are particularly cruel to their offspring, abandoning them at a very young age before they're able to find food for themselves. 
So Midrash tells us that ravens look at their young and they see that their coat of feathers is not as shiny as their own and decide that these chicks aren't worth their time. So they selfishly go off to do their own thing and leave their young to starve. So things are not looking too good for you, Mr. Raven. He ignores God's commands. He doesn't consider other people's feelings. He's not even good to his own family. No wonder nobody likes him. And yet God isn't done with Raymond yet. Ravens make one more significant appearance in the Tanakh. In the book of 1 Kings, we're introduced to the prophet Elijah, who is commanded by God to hide himself in the wilderness. Out in the desert, there's no food for Elijah to eat. So what does God do? He sends ravens to bring him food. Now, isn't this weird? God could have sent Elijah doves or eagles or chipmunks or armadillos or, you know, you couldn't feel whatever to feed him. But instead, he sends the most unlikely of messengers, the raven, the most selfish of all creatures, a bird that can't even be bothered to feed its own young, is who God sends to feed Elijah. So, what happened here? Why does God send the ravens? What changed the raven from the most selfish of animals into the messenger of God's kindness towards Elijah? I would argue that the ravens showed kindness towards Elijah because God showed kindness towards them. Look at the verses I referenced a few minutes ago. In each case, the young ravens are abandoned by their parents. How then do they survive? They survive because God takes care of them. Lord? <laughs> and when the young ravens cry to God, he shows compassion to them and feeds them. The raven, because of its inherently selfish nature, becomes entirely dependent on the kindness of God. And in their dependence, they now have the opportunity to learn from God what they never would have learned on their own. In Noah's time, the ravens were selfish and cruel. But by the time of Elijah, they had learned the value of kindness. And now they wanted to pass that kindness on by feeding someone who was hungry and needed their help. Well done, Raymond. Wow, pause. <laughs> You're plotting for a fake bird. <laughs> so, you see, we do have something that we can learn from Mr. Raven here. Because if he can change we can change too. As we go into this Rosh Hashanah, we are asking God to look into our souls and help us change for the better. But the only way we can really change is to let go of the negative things that we've been holding on to. There's a famous Chinese folktale about a student who went to his teacher to ask for advice. The student considered himself very knowledgeable and talked so, that, so much that the teacher couldn't get a word in edgewise. Eventually, the teacher picked up a teapot and he began filling the student's cup. But when the cup was, was full, he just kept pouring until the tea spilled all over the table. Stop, cried the student. The cup is full. Exactly, said the teacher. You are like this cup, full of ideas. You come here asking for teaching. But if your cup is full, I can't put anything into it. Before I can teach you, you have to empty your cup. So this New Year's, God is asking us, to empty our cups, to pour out our selfishness, 
our pride, our envy, our fear, anything that keeps us from being able to receive his love. He wants us to cry out to him like the ravens, saying, God, we need you. We depend on you for our every need. We need your compassion. And then, when we're empty before him, that's when God can truly change us. Once we're empty, he can fill us with his kindness and his mercy. And the best part is, once we're full, we can fill others in turn. Just like the ravens fed Elijah, we can feed those who need God's kindness in their lives. Because kindness isn't a finite resource. It's self-renewing and it's self-sustaining. The more we give away, the more we have and the more we can give to the world. So before he went to the cross, Yeshua gave his disciples a new command. Just as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. Yeshua doesn't tell us simply to love one another. He tells us to give to others what he has given to us. Yeshua has filled our cup And now we have the opportunity to take the love he has given us and pour it out to the rest of the world. So, quick sermon tonight. I'm challenging you guys tonight to begin this holiday season. Seek out in your own heart the things that are filling your cup and pour them out. Because God is going to replace them with something that's so much better. Shana Tovah, everyone.